0: This is thriving, Not Surviving, where I bring you stories of success and failure from entrepreneurs and executives to help you along your journey. I'm your host and owner of NCMS, Nick Cantu. All right, so we have a special guest today, Noah Alvarez. He is a freelance sports reporter for Only One Nation, uh, Last Word on Pro Football, uh, OTB sports network uh, and has a podcast up on SoundCloud, uh, called pod fathers where they talk sports. They kind of talk some, uh, you know, influence and, you know, they were talking video games last week. It's a super fun podcast that he's got going. Noah, uh, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on Nick.
0: Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, so let's, let's dive in, man. Um, so you graduated from Sac state pretty recently. Um, you were a contributor to some of the radio programs and whatnot on campus up there. Um, Today, we have the conversation with a lot of people that education is something that is kind of devalued um, and, and people don't necessarily believe that like a formal education is important. Um, do, you, do you feel that that's the case in, in your situation or do you feel that education was like prudent
1: for you to be able to be where you're at today in this? I think education definitely played a big factor as in finding different outlets. I actually went into junior college. I, I attended Golden West first. I actually declared a kinesiology major at first but I took one communication class in my first semester there and the teacher was kind of, it was just like a general intro to communications type of deal and kind of what you could do with the communications major. So he just kind of went on and talked about, he was a big sports fan as well so he mentioned that you can get into the sports field with the communications major and that kind of sparked my interest so I actually switched majors my second semester to communications and I think that's definitely played a big part of kind of getting into the field and Exposing me to different outlets because I think also when I, you know, when he told me that I could be a broadcaster, that kind of was like my one goal. But going to Sac State, then you realize with communications and/slash uh, public relations, you can, or even journalism, you can get into sports writing, you know, and d- there's different outlets in the sports industry that you can get to with the communication degree. So I think the education, maybe not the classes itself, but the you know, extracurricular activities there definitely helped me find what I want to do and what I'm passionate about.
0: Nice, man. That's cool. That's, that's, that's unique that you were influenced by somebody um, like that. So you have your podcast, Podfathers. Um, you have a co-host um, on that show, and you guys kind of talk sports. What kind of inspired that? That's an interesting thing to kind of leap into the podcast game. It's getting popular again.
1: Mm-hmm. So this past summer, after I graduated, I noticed a lot of my friends, too, from the radio station, or just friends, colleagues from Sacramento State, were starting their own podcast, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought I had to hop on, too. I struggled for a little bit because I moved down here, uh, didn't have necessarily a, a partner that was so much into sports, but also willing to talk about it. Because I have friends that are into sports down here, but then you, know, you ask them to hop on a mic and, and talk about it on a, for a 30, 40 minute show, and they kind of get scared or whatnot. So, uh, but I had a friend, he actually moved back from Sacramento State. He's transferred to Cal State Fullerton. He, he lives, uh, or Fullerton College, excuse me. And uh, he lives in Norwalk. So I recently you know reached out to him at the end of last year, and we said, hey, you know, 2018, we should consider making a podcast. And we he worked with me at KSSU. We broadcasted some games together for the, uh, the men's and women's basketball teams and the softball team over there. So we had that kind of chemistry already from doing the games together. And he was interested. He's a big sports fan as well. And so that's when he just kind of came to click. I think we, you know, set the – came up with the name, came up with, you know, buying the mic and whatnot in j- late January. And then I think it was – Probably the end of February when you finally got to record our first episode. But yeah, it, it was a, uh, you know, just seeing everybody else doing podcasts, and I also had a phone interview with a couple of people in the industry, and just said, hey, like you know, start your podcast and put just put some work out there so you have something, some work to show for future employers and whatnot.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, like you know, creating a brand kind of around yourself, I think I think is ultra important in kind of every industry, but specifically in this one. I mean, you look at you know, guys like Adam Schefter, you know, reporters, you know, Aaron Andrews or whoever. And and, and they have a brand, you know, connected to themselves that I they think they've grown kind of over time, which is always yeah. been interesting to me. Um, and, you know, I think I think you get to create that yourself in a sense and, and no one can really tell you, you know, how to do that in a sense. I mean I guess if you're like working for a major, major corporation, they're gonna help you in a sense. But I would say that, you know, in your case, like I said, you're you know, free to do as you like and brand yourself accordingly. So, d- you know, the, fr- like the freelance writing that you do, um, you know, blogging and, and, you know, reporting on sports in, in the digital world. Do you feel like that's kind of part of growing your own brand in the industry?
1: Oh, most definitely. I think it helps to be versatile. I actually paid attention, you know, if you pay attention to some of the daytime sports shows on ESPN or Fox sports, you know, shows like around the horn or Part in the option, they're they're sports writers too they also have those shows but they have you know uh columns on espn or on fox sports or on whatever uh, media network they're on so i think it pays off to be versatile and i'm kind of learning a lot as well uh, about that aspect too and it just you know it opens me up it has opens other doors for me that i uh, wouldn't have if i didn't consider you know blog writing about the sports and it's been kind of fun too I, i i wasn't a strong writer back in high school and even before then but uh taking a different couple classes and getting really hands-on experience with when I, you know, I also participated in the newspaper over there at Sacramento State, so getting hands-on experience, that definitely helped me, and uh, I'm liking it, I'm really enjoying it. That's good, man, yeah, that, uh, you, have, you have to enjoy, I think, what you do
0: every day, and, and this is something that, like I said, this is your, you know, career path for now, yeah. and, you know, you have to love it. If you don't, then you shouldn't be doing it In all honesty, I statement, and that's, exactly. that's the truth. Yeah. Um, so we kind of like to talk in a sense that, you know, w- your influences aren't always individuals, right? As much as we like to think that there was one person that maybe pushed you to do this. In sports specifically, that like, we all have that one sports moment or a couple sports moments kind of like branded into your brain mm-hmm. that, you know, influenced you to, you know, have a passion for a certain sport or a love for this. Is there a certain sports moment that you like, you remember either growing up or recently that is kind of, you know, made you want to do this more has inspired
1: you to take the path that you've taken well from a a young age i think just the the group of friends that i had you know going to elementary school they always played sports and so that got me into sports playing wise and then i grew up and that turned to you know following sports and then eventually when i got to college uh, that turned into uh, you know becoming interested in working in sports Uh, but definitely in college you know seeing the whole sports atmosphere I, I got to cover I, it was that fall, se- the first fall semester, la- or not my first fall semester it was the fall semester last year uh, in my last year of college where I was covering the men's soccer team and the first game I had to cover it was a game that went into extra time and Sac State beat, I forgot who were they were playing, I want to say it was St. Mary's, but they beat a team in overtime and it was pretty cool to see and just the whole um, the atmosphere, you know, it's, a, it's Sac State's a smaller school but they have a pretty decent soccer program, and then you know, for me, th- with the adrenaline of the athletes and the coaches, I had to you know get an interview for the the recap, obviously. And so, it, I think that was kind of my first experience in college that kind of made me like, wow, this is you know, this this could be a career of mine, and it's it, it, it's gonna be a fun career if I continue to pursue it and continue to do it at higher levels because sports, as you know too, it, it's very uh, it's it's very unpredictable. I mean, maybe in the higher levels you can predict some things but at the end of the day it's you, you still have to play the game you can't you know predictions don't always fall through yeah
0: no that's that's super true i mean like, it's we, the middle of march right now or the tail end of march i mean we're in the heart of Mar- march madness i mean we've been seeing that for the past week and a half just mm-hmm. some insane things that you would have never imagined you know a 16 seed upsetting a one seed and there's yeah. things that are unfathomable so that's that's yeah you, you hit the nail on the head with that one um is there an individual that was an you know influence in your life that you know kept you or got you interested into
1: sports yeah there was a couple i think more close to home my dad he's a huge sports fan and i think he initially got me into sports from a young age i remember he would put you know on sunday we would be watching nfl games all day uh on saturday after morning chores we'd be watching college football a lot and this was back when you know usc was really good but also you know the university of miami was good early 2000s mid-2000s etc and um he he basically got me into sports. He's a he's a big NFL, college football, NBA fan, and I think that really just sparked my interest. It helps when your you know your father, or any family member I guess, that you are close to, uh, is into sports. So I think that's what made me like it as a fan. And as I got older, I started paying attention to more broadcasters and I guess, broadcasting influence or people in the industry that influenced me to kind of to pursue this career. Uh, one being Vince Scully. I remember when Dodger games began. Yes, yeah. Uh, used to be on kcal nine, and you didn't have to pay for you know time warner or whatever. Um, but yeah, I used to watch. Dodger I'm not a dodger fan, but I used to watch dodger fan dodger games because Vin Scully was so knowledgeable. Even on the away teams' players, he would uh, have these random high school facts for them, or know something about their parents, an interesting tidbit here and there. And he just had a very soothing voice. Um, definitely big on him. And then as far as from you know the show hosting world or a kind of like a recapping world chris berman i really like chris berman on nfl live he, he kind of made he kind of made it fun the highlights when he you know he does that little sound when there's a, a fumble or a, a pitch back or something he, he does that yeah, sound yeah. to make it to make it fun but he can also be serious too in in reporting important news and you know sometimes serious business so those are two of my influences as far as getting into the broadcasting industry Nice, yeah. Th-
0: those are those are two, you know, significant figures, uh, undoubtedly. I mean, same thing. Like, I'm not a Dodger fan by any means, but I mean, Vin Scully is baseball. Like, that's the voice of baseball. Mm-hmm. In my head, it always has been, and forever will be. And in all honesty, like I said, not not a Dodger fan, but Vin Scully is by far the b- one of the best of all times to ever yeah, do it. Yeah, gotta respect him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, on this, you know, venture, like I said, it's like you said, sports is uncertain. Just you know, life is uncertain in reality, and you know, do your family and. Friends are supportive of this venture, or is it been hard to kind of earn their support or, you know, get them to believe in what you're doing?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, some family members, like my mom and, and my grandma, I think they'd support me no matter what I do if I chose art or, or dancing or, you know, <laughs> that type of deal, because yeah. um, they're my <laughs> biggest fans no matter what. But uh, as far as most of my family, yeah, they're, they're pretty big sports fans, too. And I, a lot of them, you know, I'm a Mexican-American uh, first generation. So a lot of my uncles and aunts, they they work labor jobs, that type of deal. They don't have college degrees, only a couple of them do, and um, so I think they're just happy that I'm pursuing something I like and I, I can have fun with. And again, they're some of them are pretty big baseball fans, or some of them are really into football. So I think they're you know they think it's cool that I want to get into the industry like that, and you know they, they hear me talk about it too, and they're like, wow, you know you could really do something like this because you're really knowledg- knowledgeable since I was a uh, younger kid. So I think I definitely have the support from my family, friends too. I mean, since I was in high school, uh, you know, just friends hearing me talk about sports, sometimes they would ask me for fantasy football advice, like who should I draft here or there, or fantasy baseball things, just little things here and there, and it, it's kind of cool. You know, I don't know if that's support or not, but uh, it's kind of cool when your friends come up to you, even when you're in the same league as them, and they're asking you, like, hey, like, you know, what should I do with this player, you know, he's hurt, or, you know, that type of deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. It's a... It's, uh it is support. I mean, it, in a, in a way, it's it's them, mm-hmm. you know, trusting you that knowing that your knowledge or your, at least that your, your take is, you know, a valid one and one that one that makes sense to listen to. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so social media, I think, is something that you know my company deals with a ton, and like you're a big tweeter. You you love to tweet and hashtag or what is it at uh, underscore Noah Alvarez mm-hmm. is your yes. Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah, and and like I said, you you tweet a lot about sports, you're just active on Twitter, which is great because I think Twitter's great. Like Twitter in the world of media is dying, but in in my eyes, Twitter is awesome. Like I've always loved it and and use it often. Um, But do you feel it's something where like you try to influence people with your takes on sports when you tweet about them, or are you using it as more of a platform to, again, to kind of help grow your brand and establish yourself in the industry?
1: I want to say it's a combination of both, I think. You you see the guys like Bill Simmons or Stephen A. Smith really uh, far out their personalities with you know opinions that they believe hard in whether it's you know kind of conservative or very uh, liberal in the sports and aspect and um, you know they 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 tweet sometimes like they're trying to influence you so I, I follow sometimes a little bit of that um, that method because I think some p- like people like Adam Schefter they report the news but. Sometimes they don't give in depth. What does that mean for the team? What does that mean for the player? Fans is is that a good move? Is that a, a, a not a good move? That type of deal. So, I, I think yeah a little bit I try to influence and kind of I, I like to think I have a pretty good opinion on sometimes sports move in, in the NFL or baseball etc. And then but I also think you know recently too when I've been creating with my podcast and putting out the blog articles and whatnot I think it's a good platform because like you said Twitter you can get sports fans from really all across the world into like kind of one group and that's one thing I really learned fast when I joined uh, Only One Nation it's a Raider Nation blog and you know I'm sure you know Raider fans are very passionate about their thing and especially on oh yeah. there was a, as soon as I was announced that I was being added to this staff I want to say I had like 20-30 followers just immediately hop onto my Twitter account I was like wow like I didn't I didn't expect that at all right away. So, it's definitely a huge outlet for a lot of Twitter fans, or th- yeah, fans on Twitter to kind of come together. So I definitely want to post my work, and hopefully, you know, someone out there likes it and comes across it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's w- the hardest thing for a lot of people is using Twitter in or any really social platform. in that form is like, as as humans, I think we need to, you know feel engaged, or f- at least feel like someone is taking an interest in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's the hardest thing in the world for me, specifically, I know for a lot of people, to put that aside and, and just say, I'm doing this because I have to, because it's content, because it's good for my brand, mm-hmm. and not having to care what other people are gonna say or think or e- anything about what you're doing and just doing it, and, and it's hard. It's, it's, it's extremely challenging, and, and you specifically, in what you do in the sports world, I think it's an, super challenging because if you give a take that somebody disagrees with, mm-hmm. s- people on Twitter can tweet back at you and say, like, hey, like right. that's that's stupid, like I disagree with what you're saying and, and you know, you're not gonna get in an argument per se with somebody, but you know, you're gonna have to be able to, you know, you know, what they're saying to you and, and, and have yes. an argument to come back and, and I think it makes it fun in a sense to have that, but also, you know, it's, I think it's always in the back of your head. Would you agree with
1: that? Almost definitely. I mean, you look at a character like Skip Bayless, and he has very far unpopular takes on sports. Uh, well back when he was on First Take, and even now on his uh, on his new show. But yeah, uh, you gotta have kind of a uh, uh, a tough mindset over there. And as far as you know, know what you know, I guess, and, and kind of be stand by your opinion. You Usu- you know, if you do the research like I do for some of the articles, I didn't just kind of throw this at, uh, into uh, an article in last minute. I did research, and I have. An argument to back against it, and everyone has different opinions. You know, I don't think you can please everyone. So, like you said, you got to do it more for, you know, to do it for growing your brand rather than, hey, I hope everyone likes this. Because no matter what you do, not everyone's gonna like it. Yeah, no,
0: most definitely on that one. Um, so for this type of thing, is this, this is a big picture thing for you, obviously, right? Like this is this is where you've decided that you want to go with your career, and I mean, you, you're gonna you're gonna ride this out as long as you possibly can and, and you, you're trying to make a career out of this correct
1: correct yes
0: cool that's 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 good because I, I think a lot of people get caught up in you know the, the, the side hustle type of thing and and they you know lose sight of that something that you know a side hustle can be a passion and and people kind of think forget that often and what you're doing you know blogging and that kind of stuff now has kind of became you know almost like i said like a side hustle like people have full-time jobs and are contributing bloggers to you know right. super popular websites but Said you're doing it full time and, and trying to really, really establish yourself, and I think that that's neat. And, and I think that people definitely overlook that. Have you, have you struggled with that at all? And you know, realizing that like, this is your career and not a side hustle, or you, you're set on that being the case?
1: No, getting into the industry definitely. Uh, um, as far as you know, when you what people always tell you, you know, hey, you don't make a lot of money here in this type of industry, not right, well, at least li- not right away, obviously, when you get bigger. Bigger platforms, sure, you might make quite a bit of money, but it's not something you can uh, necessarily bank on when you're coming up. So, you know, I do have to work other jobs, and that's kind of tough. But there's other people too that I've met for working for those two, three different um, blog sites, is that you know a lot of these people have different jobs as well, and they kind of do it on the side. But I think their end goal as well is to you know be sometime a writer for ESPN or for uh, SB Nation or Bleacher Reporter, one of the the bigger sports outlets. Um, and so I think. It's pretty cool. Definitely, I've had my share of struggles um, coming out of college. You know, that's always in, in any industry. Unless you go to a school like USC or Harvard with some, you know, awesome connections right out of college, it's going to be kind of tough to get hop into any industry. And I think I've definitely experienced some of those struggles. But I'm, I'm determined. Uh, you got to, you know, push through it, grind. Nothing's going to come easy, obviously, or else you know everyone would do it. And uh, yeah, it's a pr- it's a process. Like Joel and Vito so say, you got to trust it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he loves that. Um, w- so you you said that, you know, and nobody likes to talk about the struggles that, you know, everybody likes to p- have people see, the, you know, the top part of the iceberg, not what's underneath it. Mm-hmm. But well, what are some of the other struggles that you've kind of had to deal with in, in getting yourself established in this?
1: So coming out of college, you know, I thought I had pretty credible experience. I did two years at the radio station, uh, a year at, at writing for the student newspaper. And I just thought I had some Pretty good experience on my hands, and I was applying to jobs at the end of my senior year slash into the summer um, for you know d- working for different teams and whatever the positions were. I knew it was going to be entry level, but I applied you know to uh, TV stations, uh, radio networks or radio stations, local to LA, um, other different type of blogs, maybe bigger blogs like uh, SB Nation was one of them, and uh, just kind of not I guess being underqualified is some of the struggles that I've had it really is a process and that's when I, I think after a while I decided, hey, like maybe I should take a break from this and kind of build myself more, build my resume a little bit more, um, because a lot of these people wanted, you know, three, four years of experience, something that I only had two of. So if I continue to build experience, you know, hopefully in a couple of years or maybe even a year or two, uh, that, you know, that experience changes. But that was w- definitely an experience like coming out of college is kind of a, it was a reality check, you know, more of a, hey, you still need to Work on yourself, work on your resume, work on your portfolio and still continue to grow because there's a lot of people who have more than you and you've got to catch up to them or over you know overcome them.
0: Yeah, no, you, you hit the nail on the head. Experience is one of those things, and it's like we, we laugh at it in a sense. Like we're you know you're, it's an entry level position that requires you know four years worth of experience, and you're looking exactly, at it like how yeah. how am I supposed to have that? Like it's insane that a company is asking for that, and mm. and I mean that's that's not even just in sports, but that's every industry that we're seeing that in, and it's like almost intimidating. It's it's almost for some people easier to just get a job out of after high school and and forego college because. By the time everybody else is applying for those, you know, "quote unquote" entry level jobs, mm-hmm. you'll have the three or four years of experience. Hey, okay, you might not have the college degree. Your pay might be slightly less, but you got the job that everybody else was gunning for exactly. because you had the experience. And you know, it. it and like now, now put yourself in the shoes. Like you're 18. You have to make that decision on your own. Like that's mm-hmm. that's an insane thing for somebody who's 17 or 18 years old to have to kind of consider and and think about. It, in my opinion, like I've always thought that that's just like we put. You know, high school kids in way more challenging situations than meets the eye on the surface. It's part of life, quote unquote. But mm-hmm. in reality, I think that it's it's far from it, man. Like, we, you have to
1: make hard choices. That,
0: you know, you don't realize the choices you make when you're 18 affect you when you're 24 or 25
1: severely yeah, yeah, yeah. if you make a wrong
0: choice. Um, and yeah, in
1: high, in high school it probably doesn't even do the best to prepare us for some of those tough decisions.
0: Oh no, un- undoubtedly, man. Like I said, yeah. you, you know, you, you crack a book open and you're writing reports on things that
1: you you'll literally never talk about again. And, exactly. Yeah. And
0: you know, it's pe- pe- people forget that, and you know, it's it's a hard thing to talk about. Um, but to get back into the sports thing, so over at in our office, we are big on barstool sports. I think barstool sports is awesome. I think they're funny, for the most part. Sometimes they get a little bit over the line, but I think that barstool sports is good for sports. I think that it's getting people who. Don't generally have an interest in sports, or don't have as large an interest in sports, gets them back into sports, or at least draws them to it. What's your take on them? Do you, do you think barstools a good thing or a bad thing for sports?
1: So I've actually only kind of recently known. I want to say I've known about barstool sports for maybe a year, and really it's just been through Twitter. I think maybe a, a couple of months ago I, I realized they had a blog and different articles, different podcasts, different shows that they have, and. And it's it's a very it's a very wi- it's not just sports too. Sometimes they go on different ventures. But yeah, like you said, I think it's good for sports as far as the sports aspect, because it's it's kind of uh, a, a very loose ended sports network where you would it's almost as imagining if you were talking to your friends at a bar, hence the name barstool. Because um, some of it's uncensored. I I, I think what gr- the first barstool sports video I ever watched was Pat McAfee. He he joined the team. He, he yeah. He retired from the Colts or whatever, and the punter's really funny when he's commentating about other special teams' uh, plays in, in the NFL, and I thought it's hilarious because it's uncensored too. You know, he could he can cuss whatever he wants, and it's not so much about the cussing, but it's just about how it's, you know, it's, tr- it's your true initial – because sometimes even as a broadcaster, like your initial reaction is to maybe say something and, and slip up, but you have to kind of contain yourself so you don't say a, uh, a, a bad word or something like that. So it's just kind of like – Your initial reaction to that video and so I think some of the stuff they do on sports is pretty cool uh, I know they have been in some controversy I think back in the day when they had those you know blackout party tours and whatnot but I think it's a pretty good thing for sports because it's it's very uh, it's new it's, it's something fresh and it's something that we've never seen before
0: yeah, no, th- that, that's kind of our take on it, too. Like I said, I, th- I think it's awesome. And like you said, they, they don't just cover sports. And, and, you know, they have pop culture stuff that they cover and, and I mean, things from restaurants to bars and, and everything. And I think that that's what gets people back into sports is somebody, like I said, who's watching, you know, some of the pop culture, you know, blogs or videos or, you know, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Eventually is going to click into the sports side. And, and, you know, like I said, sports is an industry that, you know, in the past couple years, hasn't been this you know thriving industry by any means. In some in some places, yes, but in, in a lot of sports, you know, golf and baseball, you know, mm-hmm. specifically, those are sports that are s- struggling to you know get you know butts in seats and and it's not easy to fix that. And, and I think that Barstool does a good job. Um, mm-hmm. So we have two fun unru- it's related to sports, but two fun questions for you that we want to run with. Um, so one is a pick three. And the other one is actually uh, not one that I submitted to you. I'm, I'm going to hit you with a surprise here. It's from uh, our actually, it's actually from our intern, Reese. Um, he's got a question about the Cleveland Browns. He wants to hear your take on it. Um, so I'll open with my question, and then he'll follow up here. Uh, so my pick three, uh, who is your Super Bowl champ uh, next season, your World Series champ for this coming season, and your NBA champ in this current season?
1: Okay, okay. Um, I think for Super Bowl – in the NFL, I, r- I really like Kirk Cousins, and I like the signing of Kirk Cousins by the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. There were, what was it, one win away with Case Keenum. I don't think Case Keenum is a special quarterback. He's just a kind of the game manager. He's just there. He does the right thing sometimes. But I think with the quarterback like Kirk Cousins and that defense, I mean, they're going to be very special this year. And hopefully, you know, barring injury, I think they could definitely take the Super Bowl. So that's going to be my pick. Um, on the NBA side of things, I think it's going to be the Warriors, uh, just the same as last year. I think unless someone gets hurt, maybe the Rockets and/or Warri- uh, not the Warriors, uh, Cavaliers have a chance. But because I know a lot of the players are out right now, actually, like KD, Curry, Thompson, they're all hurt right now. But I think they'll be healthy by the playoffs, and I think it'll be more competitive with the Rockets if they do face e- each other in the Western Conference Semis. But I think the Warriors are still the best team with KD and Curry and and company. So I th- the NBA finals champions, I'm going to predict the Warriors. And for the MLB, um, hmm, that's a tough one. I think with the recent trend, we've seen you know teams who haven't won in a long time winning. Whether it's the Royals, the Cubs, the Astros. Uh, Astros never won in general. So I, w- I want I'm going to yeah. go with the uh, the Cleveland Indians because I feel like they've been so close these past couple years. They had the three <laughs> one World Series lead on the Cubs. Uh, they had the two-one World Series or not uh, Wild Card Series lead on the Yankees last year, and they blew it. But I think this is the year they figured it out. They have some good young, talented players along with some veterans. Uh, hopefully, they can figure it out this year and, and take it.
0: Yeah, th- th- that, those are those are I would say pretty solid picks in in my opinion as well. I would I, w- I would go with that. So I'm gonna pass the mic over to Reese. He's gonna uh, take our to uh, take take you on with a question about the Browns.
1: Okay. Hey,
0: Noah, how's it going? All right, so I'm a I'm a huge NFL fan. Uh, been paying a lot of attention to all the, uh, the big splashes in free agency uh, this off season, mm-hmm. and I guess uh, a lot of people have been talking about the Cleveland Browns and a lot of the stuff that they've been doing. So I just got to ask you if uh, if they're going to be over or under four wins this season with their <laughs> with their new Ooh, squad.
1: Four wins. Um, I think with the squad they have right now, I think four wins is very achievable. I think it really comes down to who they draft in the upcoming NFL draft I mean if they uh, it looked like they were gonna draft Saquon Barkley and then they signed I believe it was Carlos Hyde so maybe they're not going the Barkley direction they're probably gonna draft Darnold instead uh, so I, I want to, yeah I want to say they uh, for I don't think they're gonna I'm gonna take over I'm gonna think they're gonna go over four wins they'll probably be able to stack a lot of draft picks on defense Still fix that side of the ball. I mean, they have Tyrod Taylor, who's not great, but he's better. Th- he's an upgrade from Kaiser and all the quarterbacks they've had the past three, four years. You know what you're going to get from Taylor, uh, and they also added Jarvis Landry. He's done really good with Tannehill and Jay Cutler, two very mediocre quarterbacks. So I think they're in a good position to win at least four games. So I'm going to say over. All right, it's going going with the over. Not That's. He, he, I, I took t- the under t- on that bet yesterday. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll
0: see how this pans out. Um, so. Going to our last question here, wh- what advice do you do you have for you know guys that are trying to get themselves established in this industry, guys that are you know juniors or you know coming up on their last few months of college here, what what uh what, what advice can you offer?
1: Uh, well, definitely if you're if you're in college, definitely start looking early. I, I think you know I went to a junior college and I didn't really kind of explore the you know extracurricular activities at the junior college per se, and then when I finally did get to the four year you know that's when I found it but I only get to spend two and a half years at the four years so if you're you know whether you're going to junior college or whether you're going to four year university definitely look from freshman year if that's something you're interested in and kind of find a a niche whether it's an internship and hopefully that leads into a job that type of deal because I think the more experience you get like you said you know some of these entry level positions want three four years and if you start from the beginning your freshman year you know hopefully you have something to where it's maybe four or five years of experience in that field so start early and uh, and just kind of have fun with it. It's def- and definitely continue to uh, never settle. Uh, never settle. You might feel like you have a good enough portfolio, good enough resume, but there's always people can have more than you and and more uh, just more quantity wise of work, or maybe sometimes even quality of work. So always continue to improve. Ask people in the profession um, to kind of review your stuff, colleagues and whatnot. Just to l- let them know or ask them what they think of your stuff. And so you always, you know, take criticism positively and try to work on yourself always. Yeah, that, that's all,
0: that is that's uh, awesome advice. That is, uh, you, you hit it on the head, man. Um, again, we appreciate you coming on, man. This has been super, super fun for us. Um, and we would love to have you back on in the future to talk sports. And, you know, as, as you grow your brand and your venture, like I said, we, we want to, you know, stay in touch and, and, and keep you on. Um, know in the future so uh, again we appreciate you coming on man and uh you know you have yourself a good day
1: yeah thanks for having me on i appreciate it have a good one yeah you too man all right now
0: so we'll cut after that um okay and yeah man that was awesome um pr- really appreciate you coming on man that was that was super fun
1: yeah it was it was yeah exactly thanks for having me on it was fun it was crazy.
0: yeah um so what will happen uh we'll put this in editor uh today um, get it edited out, um, and then we'll get all the uh, like media made for it, mm-hmm. and I can actually send it over to you, uh, so you can put it up on your social media handles. You can put it up on anything you like. Um, okay, so cool. there's some like video stuff for the advertisements, or if you however you want to do it, um, I'll, we'll send everything over. So probably by the end of this week, like by Monday, uh, you should okay. have everything, um, and th- this will be up on iTunes. It'll be up on SoundCloud,
1: um, probably awesome. by the end of today or tomorrow. Awesome. Very cool. All right. Sounds good cool all right man have a good day thanks man I appreciate all right, you it you too yeah of course you too as well all right. yeah later